Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the NBA Front Office Show. We are just one day away from the official start of the NBA season. Can't wait. We're going to break down some of the major awards for the season. We also have a little bit of news to get into first. But Keith, the first thing we really have to get to last night, what a game. The Cowboys and your Patriots. Like, if nothing else, I know your Patriots came out on the losing side of it, but if nothing else, it was a fun football game. Yeah, it was back and forth, and you know that's kind of all I'm really looking for this year. It's it's uh, like when you root for a terrible NBA team, you want them to lose every game by one right. point at the buzzer, and then you get a you you pile of ping pong balls. So yeah, it's I'm not I. It's funny because people want to come at me all the time, personally and as well as on social yeah. media, and you know try to stir stuff up, and it just doesn't get to me. I mean six Super Bowl banners hang in the stadium. So it's not going to bother me all that much that, that they're in the middle of a rebuild. It's yeah, we had 20 amazing years. So I'm, uh, I'm, I'm content with where things are. It's right so now. funny that we just have this kind of general sense in sports. Like I've noticed this a ton with like the Brooklyn Nets right now. We saw this effect with the Warriors. Of course, this has happened with the Lakers in the past too, where you get kind of the, the bandwagon thing where suddenly people are talking <laughs> that you never heard from before. Nope. Like suddenly yeah. there's all these Nets fans that are saying all these different things all around different, uh, all over the internet, right? Nets fans are just super loud. And I'm like, you guys didn't exist two years ago. Like where, <laughs> yeah. where is all this coming from? Nobody was, was saying anything. And, and so you just, you see that effect in sports where people want to be on the winning side. They want to crow when, when everything is, is going well. Um, but then when times are tough, it's like, they're nowhere to be found. So that that's always kind of an, an annoyance in sports, but I'm glad that you can look at it and say, hey, at least we're in a rebuild right now. Our quarterback got some good experience and we can move forward. Yeah, I mean, and, and like you said, it was a great game on a crazy plays uh, finish, but let's talk some basketball, man. One well, I, I until I have the to NBA say, we, here. we did have a little bit of a, a bet around oh, this did. game. So yeah, I've yeah, got to yeah. put up, now you're the the biggest Dallas Cowboys fan. I got to put up your uh, your Cowboys graphic. So let me grab that while you're uh, while you're introducing some of the NBA stuff that we've got to do. If I knew, um, there it is. Uh, how I would have changed my background. There it is to to a Cowboys background here on our <laughs> recording system, but but I'm not sure I know how to do that. So anyway, look at you drinking right out of the Cowboys. I know, and and you know, Cowboys colors on, and it's so kind of yeah. fake too because my wife is really the Cowboys fan, but still, it's all in good fun. A happy wife, happy exactly. wife, right? Yeah, so uh, NBA one more sleep until games start. So this is a you know big, big day for us. So we're gonna we're gonna quickly rip through some of the latest news, and then we're gonna get into our season predictions and all those things that that uh, we we think are gonna go on with the league. So latest news, big, big news yeah. this morning: Jaron Jackson Jr. reaches a contract extension with the Memphis Grizzlies, four years of one hundred and five million. Uh, feels a touch high. Um, for Jackson, but I think there's a couple things at play there. I will not be surprised when we actually see it if there's a pretty heavy incentive or bonus money involved in that. We, mm -hmm. We've seen this over and over and over again this offseason, and I think Memphis would want to protect themselves a little bit due to injury, and you guys know we'll share all those details with you when we actually have them uh, available to share. Um, but I also think a number of people were in my mentions on Twitter saying this is an overpay. This guy isn't that good and blah, blah, blah. Now, if you believe he'll never be healthy, fine. Yeah. I can't argue with you on that. Then, then you're absolutely correct. But if you think he's going to get healthy, this guy is an 
unbelievable all-around offensive talent and a great defensive player as well. He's a great shot blocker. He's quick enough to switch on to small guys. Offensively, he's really an unreal shooter. He is one of the best shooting bigs the game has ever seen. I There's a tweet that I put up a couple years ago when the season was on pause, and now I went back and found it again. He, it's him, Carl Anthony Towns, and Channing Fry for bigs at the kind of volume um, and percentage that they hit. Um, at. You know, it's that, that's it. It's those three guys, and we all know how good Cat is. We know what kept Channing Fry in the league oh, yeah. for you know a decade plus was his shooting. So, you know, Jackson's healthy. I, I feel really good about this this one for the Grizzlies. Yeah, I mean, look, it's a bet on his upside because if he does hit, his ceiling is very very high. And you can say, well, he hasn't been healthy and all that. Look, in the preseason, tiny sample size, but in the preseason, he's shooting forty. 48% from three. That's not sustainable, but it just goes to show that he is a very, very good outside shooter. can block shots for you. He is, if he can play 30 minutes a night, he's a 20 and eight guy. He's that type of player. Yep. And so if he's, if the Grizzlies believe, okay, he's finally healthy, the injury stuff from last season, that was more flukish. We believe he's going to be healthy moving forward. Then this is a very worthwhile gamble. I think you're right. If they built in some protections in terms of, you know, he hits certain games, games played markers and things like that, then this becomes an even better deal for them. But I don't have a problem with it just because this is the kind of guy that you bet on because the ceiling is so high. For him and I think that's just a, an important move for the Grizzlies lock up a piece of their core moving forward I like the way he combines with John Morant so I don't have a problem with, with this deal from the uh, the Grizzlies again I think a lot of people compare it to Michael Bridges Mikhail Bridges from yesterday and they say oh why did Dr Jaron Jackson Jr. get so much more I think his ceiling is higher than than Bridges and so I kind of expected him to get a little bit more even if I think we have a bit more of a known commodity in Bridges yeah, I agree. And I think what will happen with Jackson, like I said, I think, Kay, in the point you were making is I think we'll see this tied some to games played, maybe team success, maybe a combination of the two. That's becoming more and more popular to to, to do that uh, with these. Uh, a couple other minor pieces of news around two-way contracts. The Washington Wizards claimed Joel Yayi off waivers uh, after the Lakers waived him, so he'll fill their two-way. Uh, he, he's kind of a former Laker. We I guess we can give him that designation, even though he never appeared in a real game with the Lakers. Yeah, but he joins a, a, yeah. a million other uh, <laughs> former Lakers, Lakers on the Wizards. <laughs> on, on the Wizards. <laughs> yeah. So uh, so you know, good for him and his former uh, Gonzaga teammate Corey Kispert. Yep. As well, so they're there, there together, and then uh, the Boston Celtics filled their open two-way spot with Broderick Thomas, who had been on a two-way with Cleveland uh, uh, last season. At the end of the year, uh, he actually got some decent amount of playing time as Cleveland was kind of playing off the string, and and we'll see, you know, what comes of that one. So a couple, uh, you know, teams filling things out at the bottom uh, of their rosters there with two ways. We still have a couple cuts that need to be made. Charlotte and San Antonio are still plus one on regular contracts they'll do that by 5 p.m eastern today and then the rest of the rookie scale extension 6 p.m eastern today is the deadline big one there deandre and we're still waiting to see uh what's going to happen there's some reporting out of phoenix from the local folks there's not going to be an extension done for DeAndre Aiden. And that is gets a little scary to me if you're the Suns. I, I know this will have restricted rights and can match anything, but we've seen how that goes uh, for teams sometimes. Then you, you get a guy on a shorter deal, and then the guy wants to bounce um, as soon as he can. So so we'll, we'll see how that comes together. And I don't think that's – we've talked about this. I don't think that's the right move for the Suns. And I know there's no real risk of them losing him like in the immediate future, but – 
you're just yep. setting a bad precedent when you paid to keep Chris Paul, you saved money on Chris Paul, by the way, on, on his deal, right? So you saved money there, you paid Bridges, and then you're telling Aiton, no, sorry, we're not going to pay you. Like that, just the optics of it looks bad. And if you're Aiton, you're, the Suns are kind of telling you that, hey, we prioritized, we cared more about these guys than we did you. And maybe that's not the case, but that's the message that's going to wind up getting received there. Yep. And so it's just it's just a bad look moving forward to not get this deal done for, for Aiton. Um, Agreed. Yeah, we, sorry, yeah, we get a little commotion here. The dogs are getting a little, little playful and fired <laughs> up because they know we're about to do season predictions. That's right. So they're, uh, they're, they're getting excited. They, they, they want to get in and check in there. So yeah. Before we get to that, we do have a uh, little. You ready to do? We that? do have just a little bit of news. Oh. Nothing, uh, nothing major. Nothing that we didn't know. But Mark Stein confirms that the Sacramento Kings will not be reaching extension with Marvin Bagley either. Um, yeah. Again, expected. We talked about it a little bit yesterday, but just more confirmation that that's the direction they're heading. Yeah, absolutely. It's uh, and then just on the injury front, there there's a lot of stuff going on. We're getting a ton of these injury updates as we uh, head into the start of the regular season. Official injury reports. Uh, we'll get one later today for tomorrow's mm-hmm. game, so that's kind of fun. And then then the the other ones will come out on Tuesday. But no update on Jalen Brown yet. Um, if he'll play for the Celtics, sounds like Al Horford's probably going to be a no go. We'll we'll see what that looks like. And then uh, Bradley Beal sounds like he he is uh, back to to full go for the Wizards after banging his knee uh, the other uh, with Evan Fournier on Friday. So so good news there on that front. So so yeah. So I think we're in a, a good good place injury wise. But let's do it, let's man. Do it. Let's do some season predictions. So what we're gonna do here is to, so we'll set the table for everybody. We're gonna go through each conference and kind of kind of laid out one through 15 with some of our rationale behind where we picked teams. Uh, then we'll kind of, kind of say our, um, are probably just our conference finalists um, in each mm-hmm. conference, our NBA champion prediction. And then we're going to go through some of the major awards. Uh, we're not going to do all NBA teams and stuff like that. Cause it just gets, gets to be a little long and a little tricky there. Uh, keep in mind as we do this, we're doing this with uh what we expect to be reasonable amounts of health yes. for teams. Yeah. We're not going to go in there projecting, you know, some guy who's never been hurt is going to get injured and be out for the entire season. Like that's not, not it, but Zion Williamson is out. So for me, at least that factors into where I projected the Pelicans mm-hmm. to finish because at this point we don't know when he's going to be back and that may, may be a while. So, uh, and then if a team has, you know, a key guy with significant injury history, that you can expect to miss games. I kind of factored that in as well, but we're not going into this predicting major injuries for guys who've never been hurt before. Cause it's just not how you do these kind of things. So with that said, I'm going to give it to you. Do you want to start with the East or the West? Uh, let's start with the Eastern conference. Um, let's oh, let's go there first. You threw me a curveball. I'm, I thought you were going to go with the I'm West. saving the best for last, <laughs> Keith. Come on. <laughs> okay. All right. Sure. Yeah. I could, Defending champs are. From I could where? feel. I could feel that <laughs> eye roll there. I could feel that. <laughs> <laughs> you, you could, and when you watch the video back later, you'll probably yeah. see it. <laughs> uh, all right. So the yeah. East. Um, how do do you want to do? Kind of like I kind of think of. That's what tiers. I was going to say. Let's do tiers. I think that's okay. the easiest way to do this. And I guess Perfect. let's let's just start at the top. I've got the Brooklyn Nets and the Milwaukee Bucks in a tier by themselves now. Had the Kyrie stuff not gone down, I would have had the Nets in their own tier and then the Bucks. But I have the Bucks and the Nets in a tier at the top of the Eastern Conference by themselves based on what's happened with Kyrie. And now projecting forward, I'm expecting that the Nets will not have Kyrie for the entire season. 
Yep. So we're on the same page there. I actually put the Bucks slightly ahead uh-huh. of the Nets now. Um, in that, just because I think the Nets are now going to look at it and say, well, we don't have all three. Yeah. So we have to be uh, more cautious with the two guys we do have. So so I, I have the those same two teams. My next group is this is a pretty yes. wide um, tier for me. There's a lot of teams in here. And I'll give you the order I have them in. Um, but just know I have them all within, you know, a few mm-hmm. wins of each other. So Boston, Atlanta, Miami, Philadelphia, and New York. I have them all in that same tier together, uh, grouped together in the East, all within a few wins. Um, it's just kind of, I, I, I think, um, I think Boston has to be healthier this yeah. year than they were last year. It was insane. The amount of games that they missed. I think Atlanta's good. I think we've kind of collectively maybe forgotten about the Hawks a little bit and how, how good they were. I don't think Miami's going to push overly hard in the regular season. That's why I've got them behind those two. I just think they're, they're, they're built for the playoffs. They've got those vets who know it's more about being healthy uh, come springtime than it is winning every possible game. Uh, breaking news, Spurs are waving veteran forward Alfred Camino. Wonder, not really no, a surprise. Not a surprise. That, was, that was the one I expected. Does he get picked up anywhere, you think? I don't yeah. think so. I yeah I don't know that he's healthy. I I think he's might be done with the. I think just the knee injuries have taken too too much of right. a toll for him. Maybe maybe some team looking for veteran forward help you know br- brings him in. He's not what he was. He's not a guy who can switch out and defend on the perimeter the way he once right. was. And that's what back in the need. day he's now more of a four. Yeah. Um. All right. Back to what we were talking about. Philly is just hard, damn that's, impossible to that's pick because we don't know. You know, I could see them being third i could see them being in the play-in i I just don't know where and then the knicks i just i I like the knicks i like Mm -hmm. what they did in the offseason i just have them uh, i think they're a little bit over their heads last year and the guys they added i don't think offset the some of the regression will have fully so i think they just slide back i agree i also have the knicks at the bottom of that grouping i have the same teams i have a slightly different order though i've got uh miami and then Atlanta, then Boston, and then I've got uh, the Knicks. But again, like you said, they're all so close that you could tell me any order, and I would say, yes, that's possible, yeah. right? I mean, that's that's where that's at. I just buy in a lot to the Kyle Lowry effect with the Miami Heat, and I also like what we've seen in the preseason from Tyler Hero. If he takes a step forward, I think that can give them a nice boost as well. And, of course, Bam Adebayo is just an absolute force. So I'm, I'm high on the Miami Heat heading into the season. I agree that I think the Knicks do slide a little bit. I think they were a bit above their head. Last year, uh, the Hawks, uh, tremendous, glad that they locked up John Collins. I think that kind of takes away a little bit of that distraction. So I wonder if that yep. helps to propel them forward a bit. And then Boston, like you said, they look, you've got so many quality players there. They've got pieces that fit well. If Jalen Brown is healthy, if Jason Tatum is healthy, and if they can avoid COVID protocols for this season, I think they will indeed be better. And I think they're going to remind people that they are a better team than what we saw last year. I think that will be kind of the, the blip on the radar and everything else will will fall in line with what we know about this team. Yeah, I completely agree. So let's let's see with that. One thing with the Heat that, that for me has me slightly huh? lower in them is I think they are their depth is really not all that great. Like Tyler Hero is a good six man. He could maybe even win six man of the year. But after him, the other guys, I think they're fine in a playoff series where you're counting on maybe eight guys total in the, the seventh and eighth guys play 
10 minutes a piece in the regular season when they need to spot guys days Jimmy Butler, Kyle Lowry, P.J. Tucker. I'm not sure I love the guys who are going to have to come in and then play 30 minutes in the regular season. And that's why I think Miami might be one of those weird teams where you're looking at it. It's like, how did Miami lose to Orlando by 15 on a random Tuesday in January? And then you look at the box score and it's like, oh, Butler, Lowry, and, you know, Tucker didn't play, and that's why I, I think they're just going to throw some games away with the bigger picture. That's line. fair, and I think they're you know, I think they're a team yeah. that is that w- they will do a poorer job withstanding any kind of an injury than some of the other teams that are yeah. that are in this grouping. Yeah, yeah, their their depth just yeah. isn't there. All right, the next year, so the, these guys, so one of those teams, um, one of the teams that I think we we both agree are going to be pretty good. It's going to be in the yep. play-in because somebody's going to be seventh. Um, so then I think the other teams in the play-in mix are Charlotte, Chicago, Indiana, and Washington. And that's the order I have them in. Um, I'm not sold on this Bulls team at all. I just think the fit is weird um, with some of these pieces. I need to see it before I'll buy in. I'm perfectly willing and ready to eat crow on that. I just don't know how all those pieces are going to come together. And I have some worries about their defense, too. I, I don't know that they're going to uh, put together you know, a very good defense. So a little bit worried there. Charlotte, I'm higher mm-hmm. on, I think, than probably most because I think uh, um, I just think they're going to be really, really good offensively. And as long as their defense isn't horrible, I think they they have a chance to be you know pr- pretty good. Now, I'll, I should have caveated this with I have both of those teams right around 500. Um, and then the teams behind them, I have a pretty good drop off. One will get into the play in mix. Uh, Indiana, I just they're already hurt. Uh, Karis LeVert and TJ yeah. Warren are already out. That's, That's you know, issue. concerning. Um, you know, I'm worried about some of their fits with the way guys still don't love the Turner Sabonis pairing um, as a grouping there. And then uh, uh, Washington, it, let's see, it's just so many new yeah. guys. I, I just wrote for an article that'll come out later today. There's a lot of positional overlap in Washington. That's weird. They have a lot of guys who are who are play the same positions. I think that could turn into a, uh, um, you know, hey, I need minutes because there's guys that are trying to get paid and establish themselves. I just think that has the potential to be really messy. Yeah, yeah it absolutely does. I agree. Um, my grouping for this next tier, if we want to call this tier three or whatever in the Eastern Conference, Uh, It's similar. I'm actually higher on Chicago, so I've got them at the top of this tier. What we've seen so far in preseason has at least given me some hope that because I agree, I think that those concerns are real. But what we've seen in preseason so far is that this team's going to get out and run and they're going to be good enough offensively to where maybe that mitigates some of those defensive concerns. So I have them. I'm optimistic about them. Maybe it's just because Alex Caruso is wearing a Bulls jersey now that I've got them so high. But <laughs> but I have them at the top of this Indeed. tier. Then I've got uh then I've got Charlotte. Now, here's the thing though. I've got the Toronto Raptors in this mix. I'm buying into the idea that them actually having a home court is going to remind everybody that this is still a strong team even if some of the pieces on the floor aren't as good. I think they will be a greater than the sum of their parts team this year. So I have them in this grouping as well. Let me jump in on yeah. Toronto because it's, this is going to sound very weird because I don't have them in this mix. They're either going to be better than that. And they're going to be pushing six or seven in the East, or they're going to be bad. And they're going to be like, all right, this, 
let's bottom this out. Let's mm-hmm. hold guys out. Let's, you know, position for ping pong balls by the trade deadline and the thing. And I don't think Masai Ujiri's not a fence sitter. I don't think he's going to push to chase for the 10th seed and just getting into the play in. I don't think that's what they yeah. want um, there. I think it's going to have to be, Hey, we have a legit shot at it being a real playoff team. Um, or we're, we're just going to, you know, sit this thing out and we'll, we'll, we'll hang out there. So that's where Toronto is. I think they have the most variance of any team True. in the NBA to me. I could see them having a winning record, pushing a sixth seed uh, in an assured playoff spot. I could also see them being one of the four worst teams in the Eastern Conference just because I think they they could bottom it out. And I don't see a lot in between. So uh, I'm. I, it's funny if you ask me to project a like real prediction, I would put them right in the middle of this pack. But I just don't think that's realistic, so I slid down. Okay, that, and that's fair. I think that uh, I'm buying into the home court thing being a problem last season and that we're going to see them be uh, at least a solid group this time around. So, again, I've got uh, I've got the – They're going to defend. Yes, too. yeah, exactly. And I, and I think – They're going to be really good. I think with Indiana already suffering these injuries, I had to bump them down um so they're they're down near the bottom of this list for me but i've got so again i go uh chicago charlotte then i've got uh i'm gonna actually i put washington just ahead of toronto i think some of those new pieces in there will help out and bradley beal is just really really good uh so washington then toronto and then i've got indiana at the bottom of the grouping i think if they were healthy they would be much higher you might even be able to make an argument that they could jump up into the next tier as far as their ceiling but mm-hmm. they're just not healthy and so it's hard to project that heading yeah. into the season yeah and when you start buying the eight ball it can be hard then to make up the ground exactly if you if you fall out all right uh bottom, bottom of the conference so we we have the same three mm-hmm. teams at the bottom of the conference my order is cleveland detroit and orlando yep. I think Cleveland is going to, I again, for an article that'll come out later, I think Cleveland's bad, but they're like regular bad now versus being <laughs> awful. <laughs> like, I, I just, they There's have too much talent to be truly, yeah, they have too much talent to be that mm-hmm. bad. And they're not trying to be bad either. And that makes a big difference too, right? They're trying really hard to win. So that that makes a huge difference compared to teams that are not trying over hard to win. And that to me is Detroit and Orlando. I like the talent on both the Pistons and the Magic. It's just very young. I think they are very much in the let's try a whole bunch mm-hmm. of stuff mode. And that's great long term. It's just going to result in in a bunch of losses and probably some ugly losses at times. Two, I worry a little bit about the shooting in Detroit. I worry about Orlando shot creation. And if you if you struggle to find offense, your those teams aren't going to be so good defensively that they're going to offset it uh, that much. So that's 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 why I've got them at the bottom of the conference. But. I'm not picking on them. It's not a bad thing. It's by design. I think that's where they want to be. And let's see in a couple of years, being at the bottom this year may have paid off in a major, major way for both of those yeah. teams. Yeah, I've got the exact same ranking. I go go Cleveland, Detroit, Orlando. Uh, again, like you said, Cleveland, it, the difference is Cleveland's trying to win. That's And that's the, a big thing, right? When you organizationally are actually yep. trying to win versus the other two teams are very clearly rebuilding, I think that's going to matter for at least a handful of wins over the course of the season and we'll bump them up above those two. But that's exactly how I have the East playing out for the same reasons. All right. Let's switch to the Let's West. Um, I'll go first on okay. the West. 
I have Utah at the top mm-hmm. of the conference in the regular season. I just think they have built a regular season winning they machine. Have. I also think they could, I said it the other day here on the show, they could win 75 or 80 games. And everybody, that's cute. Show me in the playoffs. <laughs> right. I just, it, it almost doesn't matter anymore, mm-hmm. you know, how many games this team wins. But I do think in the regular season that they're, they're going to be at the top of the conference. And I think part of that is also the teams behind them are either injured already with key players or the Lakers and the Suns tend to have some key older players that they're just, I don't think they're going to push too, too hard to try and catch the jazz. And I think the jazz have one of the true home court advantages in the Mm -hmm. league where it really is a real advantage for them. I think that that'll push them up. And I think if the Lakers and Suns, if we're, let's say mid January or about a month or so out from the trade deadline, and you look up and you're, four or five games behind, I think they're going to be like, all right, we're not going to kill ourselves trying to catch them and run them down. Let's just, you know, we'll, we'll play this thing out and go. Um, so, and again, reminder, this is regular season. We'll get into the playoffs in a minute. Um, Cause that's where it changes for me in a pretty big yes. way. Um, so Utah at the top, uh, then I have the Lakers and the Suns in the next grouping um, right behind them. So that's my, my top three. And then, then, that's kind of where my break is in the in the West. Okay, so for me, I've got a similar ranking. I actually have the Lakers third, and I've got Utah and the Suns ahead of them. And I know that maybe that sounds weird, given that I'm the, the Lakers guy and everything like that, but I think that the losses, particularly of Trevor Ariza and Taylor Horton Tucker, already moving into the season for a team that was already a little bit light in terms of, of wing depth, of having that size out there on the wings, I think it's going to be a fairly big deal. I mean, we were projecting Ariza to be a guy that at the very least, if he didn't start, would probably finish games for them because of that defensive versatility. So that actually hurts. So I knocked them down a little bit. And again, like you said, I don't expect the Lakers to be pushing down on the gas pedal much during the regular season. They're going to try to get into the playoffs healthy. And so that's where I have them three heading into or throughout the regular season. Uh, Phoenix, I think the continuity matters, especially in the early going. And they have pretty much the same team from last year. We saw it in preseason, how much they're already on the same page because they have that same group that can get off and run. Uh, Maybe the quick-ish turnaround could be a little bit of a factor with them. And I agree, that's why you do put the Utah Jazz in that one seed. Uh, But like you said... The question for them is always playoffs. They have this narrative around them, and it's justified at this point of being the team that's great in the regular season and then come playoff time when coaches can lock in on exactly what they do, they can shut down a lot of their sets, whereas on a random Wednesday in February or whatever, you're not preparing specifically for the Utah Jazz, and so they have a little bit more success there. Exactly. So I, I've got to yep. rank that way. I've got Utah, Phoenix, then the Lakers as a, the top-tier in the Western Conference for the time being, and then everybody else, there's a, a break after that. Now, everybody remember, that was not me. That was Trevor <laughs> that's down on the Lakers. It says they're barely going to make it out of the play-in tournament, and uh, that's it. But no, yeah, I, and I can see that too. I can see Phoenix moving past, past them. I just, I, my thing is, I think the Lakers, because you have LeBron, Russ, and AD, yeah. that's going to, as I've over and over said, I sound like a broken record. You're probably always going to have one of the three and that'll drive wins over. Mm -hmm. You can get by in Orlando and Detroit and OKC a Houston. If you're only playing one of the three, Um, because we've seen all three of those guys win games basically by themselves. So it's, uh, I think that's going to drive wins more so than, all right, if we we're down 
you know, a guy and we only have two guys and that gets a little bit, a little mm-hmm. trickier uh, there. All right. My next group is again, pretty tight. Yeah. It's three teams, Denver, Dallas, and golden state uh, for me. Um, I'm, I'm giving Denver the nod slightly over the other two, just cause I, I, I believe in the nuggets um, in a pretty big way. I think um, not having Jamal Murray hurts, Absolutely. but I think they are positioned to do well uh, without him. Cause we saw what Michael Porter jr. Did after Murray went down. I think that's real. I think he's going to be a scoring machine this year. Jokic is Jokic. He was the MVP last year for a reason. Uh, and I think um, Aaron Gordon there for a full year is going to help. Will Barton being in mm. better help or health rather. Um, and I think they've got pretty good point guard depth even without Murray. So I think Denver's just ahead. Dallas, this is a Luca play with a slight mix of I'm kind of buying into Kristaps Porzingis at my own risk here. Um, I probably shouldn't, but but I'm kind of in. I feel like he might. He looks different in the yeah. preseason. Um, just look looks like a different guy. And then the Warriors, I think they have one more pretty good run in them. Uh, I think Steph is that good. I think uh, they're going to get Clay back. Jordan Poole, we've talked about how much, you know, that's my guy this year. I'm all about Jordan Poole. Um, I think Draymond's got one more year. They're not going to mess around with the kids like they were last season uh, too much. They're going to be in bench roles. So so I, I think the Warriors have one more run. So I am, for me, I've got the same three teams, and I've gone back and forth on the order with each team in each spot so many times because you can make so many different arguments for each of them. So it would not shock me if there was any particular finish with these three teams. I'm going to put Dallas in the top spot in this tier for now, just because it relates to one of my other awards later on and nothing else. (laughs) This isn't really me saying they're clearly the best team. They're not. This is such a a muddy group for me, but I'm going to go Dallas and then Denver and then Golden State. Uh, Dallas, a lot of that is just attributed to Luka's brilliance. I think Reggie Bullock's floor spacing will matter for them and a healthier Kristaps Porzingis, I think will matter as well. So I've got them uh, up there pretty high. And then I'm looking at the Denver Nuggets. Like you said, I think Michael Porter Jr. I'm a believer. I think that he's really got something there. Uh, Jamal Murray coming back, hopefully midway through the season. That will give them a little bit of boost too to help carry them. And then, of course, when we talk Golden State, I think, look, Golden State, if we didn't know what we know right now about Jordan Poole, if we hadn't seen him perform the way he did in the preseason, we might be talking about them in a lower tier because Clay's not coming back till December, maybe January, and who knows what he's going to look like. It's been a long time since he's played NBA basketball. There's a lot of question marks there, but I think Jordan Poole is a ceiling raiser. He's the reason why I bumped them up into this tier because I think he allows them to sustain themselves without uh, Clay for a bit. Yeah, I completely agree. I also think the Warriors are going to be that team when we get to the postseason that it's going to be, oh, man, nobody wants to play those guys. Like, that, that's that's tough. No, no, no one's going to want to get out with the Warriors. All right. Let's pause for just a moment to talk about DraftKings. The NBA is back, and a DraftKings Sportsbook, an authorized sports betting partner of the NBA, the key to victory is a strong starting five. New customers can bet just $5 on any NBA team to win their game, and if they do, you win $200 in free bets. So why not make your roster Washington, 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 and oh yeah, Washington. Gotta love those dollar bills. DraftKings Sportsbook customers can also get skin in the game with the same game parlays. Combine multiple bets from the same game for a bigger payout. The more legs you add, 
the more money you can win. DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable. Best of all, you can deposit and withdraw your cash whenever you want. Dan download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code FRONTOFFICE. Bet just $5 on any NBA team to win their game and win $200 in free bets. If they win, you win with the promo code FRONTOFFICE this week at DraftKings Sportsbook, an authorized sports betting partner of the NBA. Must be 21 or older, New Jersey, Indiana, and Pennsylvania only. New customers only. Minimum $5 deposited and $1 wager required. One per customer. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details. My next group is a group of two. Portland and the Clippers, and they'll be the top two teams in the play-in for me. I think Portland, it's it's Dame. Mm -hmm. I'm, I, I can't take them out of the mix there. And then the Clippers, they've got enough to still get by without Kawhi Leonard. I'm basically pricing in Kawhi's either not going to play or he's going to join the Clippers so late yep. that I don't think it'll matter. Uh, but yeah, they're, they're, those are my two teams, and, I, and, I, and I've got them in the different, even though they're in the play-in, and anything can happen in a single elimination. I've got them a few wins clear of the next teams behind them. So that's that's where I put those two. I've got I've actually got three teams in this tier. I have I've got Portland and the Clippers as well, but I also have the Memphis Grizzlies. Uh I, I just think a healthy Jaron yeah, Jackson Jr. Was tough on them. would uh will propel them forward. And I and I'm a big believer in John Moran. I think he's gonna be fantastic this season. So I've got those three teams in there and in that order. Portland, Clippers, Grizzlies in that tier for me. I just didn't love Memphis's offseason. Sure. I don't like the Stephen Adams addition. I think uh, Valanciunas was better for them. I think I get it long term mm -hmm. why they did that. I fully understand that. I like the Jaron Jackson Jr. signing clearly. Um, yeah, we'll, we'll we'll see. I'm a little bit worried Dylan Brooks out at That's the beginning of the year. He he. Yeah, he gives them so much that I don't think, uh, unless you're really watching that team regularly, people fully realize. So, but yeah, that's uh, it's. It, it, I'm I'm not gonna argue it too much because um, they're at the top of my my next group. I actually have them uh -huh. in the Sacramento Kings as my other two teams in the nine ten, and then I have a pretty big break. So I have the the Kings making that push to the play in. Not the playoffs, but the play in, and uh, and, and right there with the, the Grizzlies in that nine ten, um, and then we're not going to go through a full playoff predictions, but just because it feels like it's the way it would go, I have the Kings winning that mm -hmm. game in Memphis, and then going and losing the game in probably heartbreaking fashion that would finally snap the playoff drought um, there. But I just. I don't know. Call me crazy, but I feel like this Kings team's ready to take a real, actual step forward and push towards being a a, a playoff. No, team. I agree with you. I actually have the Kings in that next group as well, but obviously, I've got a different team joining them in that group, and I've got the Pelicans joining the Kings in that right. in that grouping there. But I do think the Kings are the superior team right now. I'm gonna buy into the hashtag 15 pounds of muscle on uh <laughs> so I, i'm gonna go with uh with them right there and that's look the kings i think are going to be a, a an actually decent team to watch on on any given night right now uh again De'Aaron fox is bulk, bulked up so i think that he's a guy that is going to really make a name for himself this season and if the kings can improve then they're going to get that much more attention. And I also like that they've now committed to Buddy Heald coming off the bench. It feels like we've, that's kind of water under the bridge. Maybe they trade him at some point. But for right now, that's where I've got them. And then, uh, and then I've got the Pelicans in there. Look, Zion is good enough to where if he's able to come back healthy, and I know this is a big question mark, but if he's able to come back healthy, they may actually vault over the Kings 
just because he's that good. But those question marks around health, I can't put them any, any higher right now. So it's interesting that that's, that's probably our biggest disagreement because I have New Orleans at the bottom of my next okay. group, which is San Antonio, Minnesota, and New Orleans. I actually have, though that's my 11 through 13 in the West, and I have New Orleans at the bottom. And my reasoning there is, uh, you know, I'll kind of talk to these guys in reverse order then, is I don't, when's Zion going to play? We don't know. Like now sure. we're here in two weeks before we even get another update. Uh, you know, then what are they going to do? Clearly he's the franchise. So you're not going to push him back. If he was healthy to start the year, I would have had them maybe as high as eighth in the conference. I think he is that big of a difference making player. I don't love their depth because it feels like it's a lot of kids you're relying on when you're relying on, on young guys for your depth. I just worry a little bit. Um, Valentunas will help because he's at least another guy you can run some offense through um, on the block. Brandon Ingram though, he's already nicked up in the preseason. I'm a little worried about that. Devonte Graham, Feels like if Zion's out, he's going to have to really step up. I think New Orleans is the team. This happens every year with the team. They kind of fall behind early, and then it just never comes sure. together for them. And that that's what, what what I see happening with them. Minnesota, I have, uh, ahead of them, I think, again, they're they're kind of like the Cleveland of the West. Like They're not trying to be bad. They're, they're really trying to win and trying to be a good team, and maybe it all comes together for them. I just don't see them defending enough on a night-to-night basis to get wins. And then the Spurs, they're, they're the Spurs. I know so many people have them bottoming out and being near the bottom of the conference. I just think they have better players than the average person realizes. They're, gonna, they're clearly going to be very well coached, mm-hmm. and they're going to play hard every night, and that's going to get you a bunch of wins. I just think the Kings are ready to make that step forward. And then the rest of the teams in the West are just, you know, far enough ahead of San Antonio, but it wouldn't surprise me at all if the playing tournament rolls around and the Spurs are somehow in the mix. Once yeah. Again. I mean, they, they seem to do that, right. They were always that team that every single year people were saying, this is the year, this is the year they're finally going to look their age and they're going to drop off. And the next thing you know, they, they were winning 55 games yet again. And, and they just, they never go away. The zombie Spurs. Uh, but I'm with you on that. Like I can, I can see the argument why the Pelicans would be lower on this list. If look, if Brandon Ingram's issues, if those start to become a big thing, then they drop real fast, right? They are going to be very reliant on him, particularly yeah. while Zion is out. Um, I, I look at the Minnesota Timberwolves. I have them slightly ahead of the Spurs. I think they're going to be a solid team. I think that they've got potential, but I think that you mentioned the Pelicans are a team that could get off to a slow start and it could spiral. The same thing could happen to the Minnesota Timberwolves. I think if they don't sure. come out of the gate strong, if they're not looking good, and there's some excitement there, right? Anthony Edwards, very, very good player, obviously. But if they lose, let's say they go three and seven in their first 10 games or something like that, you could see a very quick downward spiral where that kind of mentality of, oh no, not again, takes over. And so that could go south pretty fast yep. too with the with the Wolves. And that, that becomes almost one of those two, exactly you said, you start to see it's like, here we go again. It's you know, the same old, same old, yeah. All right, bottom of the conference, then we've got the same two teams, Houston and Oklahoma City. Uh, for what it's worth, I have Oklahoma City as the worst team in the yeah. NBA. I just I don't. They're, they're just going to be bad. And again, it, by design, same thing with the Rockets. I think the Rockets will be a little bit better because they've got some, some decent veterans that can slide in and play minutes. But I think what happens with them is those guys are gone shortly after the holidays. Then, then that team fully focuses. You don't draft four guys in the first round and assume to be very good. 
unless you're not going to play those right. four guys and they're going to play. I think all four of them are going to see a decent chunk of time. But what's funny is I'm interested in this Rockets team quite yeah. a bit. And I watch them a lot because I like a lot of their guys. Same thing with the Thunder. It's, it's funny. Detroit, Orlando, Houston, and OKC are going to be terrible. But I'm going to probably watch a decent chunk of all four of those teams. And those are the four teams I have in the bottom that will have the uh, same weighted lottery odds as we talk about. And that's why, too, I don't have – I have Oklahoma City with the least amount of wins in the league. I projected them to go 20 and 62 because there's no real reason. Once you're kind of, all right, we're bad. We're going to be at mm-hmm. the bottom. There's no reason to completely bottom out and, and only win you know, 15 games like there used to be because it's weighted with those top four teams. So I agree. I've got OKC all the way at the bottom. Um, Shea Gilgis Alexander, I think, is going to do things for them. But they've sure. got... And that might keep them competitive in a few games, but let's face it, organizationally, they're trying to lose, right? So I think that's going to matter, Mm -hmm. just like we talked about it mattering with the Cavs in the Eastern Conference. The Houston Rockets, I agree, they've got some players, I think, that can help them win. Guys like Christian Wood, I've been high on Christian Wood for a while. Uh, You know, Jalen Green is going to get most of the attention, and rightfully so. He is a don't-take-your-eye-off-the-game type of player because any minute he could do something amazing. Uh, We saw it during Summer League. Some of his step-backs that he was hitting were were fantastic. Uh, But Alperin Senjin, this is is a guy that I just enjoy watching his game because you can see flashes of what he can be, maybe not this year, but soon, right? Like he's got something there. And I'm curious to see how the Rockets really work that out with Christian Wood. Kenyon Martin Jr. is another guy that's pretty dynamic that I like to to keep an eye on. So it's weird to say, but I'm actually kind of excited to watch the Rockets this season. Yeah, I'm with you. And let's not forget they signed Daniel Tice too. So he's clearly going to be a part of things, at least initially in that Mm -hmm. rotation. And then, yeah, and then, I think why they'll win games kind of early on in the year, too, is you get guys like Eric Gordon, yes. DJ Augustine, who are there. The, they've been around and done some stuff. But I think the goal will be shortly after the holidays. Right, see you later, veteran guys. You're either on the bench with John Wall not playing or we're, we're, or you're not yeah. here. We've moved you on for other uh, things. So, all right, playoffs. We said we're not going to go through the full playoff picture. Um, but uh, we're going to give you our conference finalists in each conference and go from there. So we'll go back to the East. Um, I'm going chalk, Milwaukee and Brooklyn okay. uh, in the East, and I'm picking Brooklyn to make it out of the East this time yep. around. Same for me. You could now, the, and we talked about this a little bit with the Eastern Conference. The big question mark is what happens with Ben Simmons in Philly? Is he playing? Is he not uh, and then does he get traded and what do they get in return? Can, if they got a big return, let's say the, the seas part, the, the, the clouds clear, right? Whatever happens. And Ben Simmons somehow gets swapped out for Dame Lillard. You get a good piece for him. The 76ers could put themselves in, in, that, oh, yeah. in that race, right? They could be there. But yeah, based on as things sit right now, if Simmons is playing for the 76ers or if he's out, either way, right? If there's not a trade that lands them a real piece, I've got the same thing. Bucks, Nets. I'm going Nets. I thought the Nets were the better team last season, and it was injuries that caused the Bucks to advance. Not that the Bucks are a bad team, but I thought the Nets were the better team last season, and they were felled by injuries. So I've got the Nets advancing to the NBA Finals as well. I also, to some extent, I, I'm going to own that in the back of my head. There's something rattling around that at some point Kyrie Irving rejoins mm-hmm. this team, and then then that takes them from being. You know, the favorites to the overwhelming right. favorites and there. And, and I, I loved their offseason. I thought they added all sorts of guys who were really good fits with this team. I think they, they I just think even on when they don't have Duran or Harden, 
still going to be 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 pretty solid. All right, let's go to the West. You go first in the West. Yeah. So in the in the West, um, you know, you've got a number of teams that could make a real run there. But I'm actually going to say that with a healthy Jamal Murray, it's Denver and the Lakers in the in the Western Conference. I, I thought I was going to pull a shocker no, on really? you and go with you Denver. had Denver too. Yeah, I have the Lakers <laughs> in Denver. <laughs> I was so excited to be like, I'm gonna. Through you, Kerbon. I'm picking Denver. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, sorry to spoil the fun there. But, uh, but yeah, I've got Denver in the league. And again, nothing against the Suns, nothing against the Jazz. Uh, I think that, that injuries were a big factor there. And if the Lakers and Nuggets are healthy, I see them as the highest ceiling teams in the Western Conference. So I'm going to say those two teams get there. And I, I can't not pick the Lakers to get, get through in the finals. Yeah, and I'm not pandering to to my buddy in the audience here. I'm also picking the Lakers to beat the Nuggets in the conference finals. I just think the Nuggets, they're going to get Jamal Murray back, and let's call it March-ish is what it sounds like. That's a month of tune-up time for him to get yep. ready. And then I think they hit the playoffs looking like a you know unbelievable team. And and I think they are just – it. It's so rough for the Jazz because they they went through all those years with yep. Houston and with the Warriors, where it's like they're just a they're just a bad matchup. That's what it comes down to. And and let's remember those two teams in the bubble played that unreal uh, playoff series where you know it was shot after yep. shot, and then Mike Conley throws in one from what about forty five feet that rimmed out oh. uh, that would have won the series uh, for for the um, for the, the Jazz. Uh, jazz. Yeah. So yeah, I I I it's man, I thought I was gonna gonna throw throw one at you. <laughs> there and, and i can't believe that i thought, yeah, I, thought I was just... gonna surprise you i thought for sure you were gonna go like <laughs> phoenix and the lakers or something like that and but okay we're on the same page keith <laughs> all right let's go to this one um because i think think we're probably going to be on opposite sides of this i am picking the brooklyn nets to to win the nba title over the lakers i think it's just durant hardening and the overall depth i think too i worry the lakers being just so reliant on older players by the time you get that deep into to well what do those guys have left you know at that point but i think that is the nba finals i would imagine most casual fans mm -hmm. want to just the star power on both sides it's it's you know it's it's not the knicks but it's new york versus la east versus west like that that becomes the the the, the fun series that i think everybody's kind of was kind of hoping for last mm -hmm. year and, didn't, and we didn't get isn't a surprise that we landed on Nets versus Lakers? Like nobody else is predicting that. Right? <laughs> That's what, no, yeah, right. Stunning. Amazing. Yeah. But um, no, I'm actually, <laughs> and as strange as this sounds, I'm actually going to agree with you. I, I would have Nets as well, and it's for this reason. And I've been been oh, saying this. Man. I've been saying it all off season. Okay, this is not anti-Lakers. I think the Lakers ceiling is very very high, <laughs> but we've seen it from the Nets. We've seen what their ceiling is, and we've seen them hit that. And you can argue their ceiling's even higher, but I keep going back to last season. I think in the playoffs, when they had at least two of their stars healthy, they played at a level that was higher than anybody else we saw. Anybody. And yeah. so because we've seen that, I'm going to give them the nod until we see the Lakers hit that level. And again, we this is a brand new team. They only have three players returning from last season. So we haven't seen it yet. So we don't know. There's a lot of possibilities out there where maybe they hit their ceiling. Maybe they don't. We don't know exactly what that's going to look like. And so I think there's a little bit more confidence that the Nets are able to get to that level at this point. So that's why I'm going with them. But of course, my heart would love to see the Lakers win it. Uh, I'm just saying for right now, analytically, I, I would favor the Nets to win the whole thing. 
over the Lakers if I had to, you know, put money on it or something like that. And, and I think that's just making the most reasonable yeah. pick too. I feel like that is just the most reasonable pick there. I mean, they're clearly very, very good. I also, um, let's just, well, we'll own this. We would like it to be Celtics yes. Lakers and break that tie when, whenever that opportunity comes. Uh, that's I think what we're definitely hoping for at some point there, but yeah, it's, it's, uh, you know, all right. So man, we were, uh, remarkably similar to no one's surprise uh, <laughs> that listens to the show. All right, let's do some uh, individual yeah. awards real quick here. My MVP, I've gone back and forth with a bunch of different guys. I thought about Kevin uh -huh. Durant. I thought about Giannis. I thought about Luca. I thought about Joel Embiid because maybe he, you know, rises above this Simmons stuff. I even thought, Hey, there's something that says maybe LeBron's got one more run in him. I just I don't think he's going to play that many games yeah. to, to be enough. I am going to go with Kevin Durant because I think he's got one more MVP run in him. And, and I, I feel like this is just kind of his, his year because I think um, the Bucs are they, coming off the title. I, I think they're going to prioritize mm -hmm. things slightly different. And I think Durant without Kyrie early, you know, we know how important it is to build that early narrative yeah. too um, with, with this, but I do think he, he'll be deserving and I do think he'll win. I think that Durant definitely has the narrative, the the narrative momentum going right now, right? I mean, you, we just saw him right. Yeah. So him in the Olympics where he was the guy on a team full of stars. He was the guy everybody deferred to that matters. Uh, the Nets are going to be very good. Obviously that matters, but I actually have Luca as my MVP this season. That's why I had the Mavs in fourth. Cause I think they have to finish pretty high in the West. If they are like the six, seven seed, he's not getting it. But I do think that that Luca has the talent to get there. His team is so reliant upon him. And the one negative for Durant Kyrie being out maybe changes this dynamic a little bit, but the negative is you can say, well, look at all the help that he's got. Look at the team that, that he's got around him. Sometimes that does matter. Whereas Luca, look, the Mavs will go as Luca goes. And if the Mavs finish as one of say the top four seeds in the Western conference, I think Luca gets it. Yeah. I think that's completely fair. And I think it's common. It's, if it's yes. not this year, it's coming soon. He's, you know, and then, Luke is going to run off a string of top five uh, MVP finishes that is probably going to maybe rival like what LeBron did um, just for you know being up there year after year after year because he's just so young and so good already. Um, no, I'm not saying he's as good as LeBron James historically. Let's not get stupid. It's just when you're that young and you're you're there already, you're, you're going to run those off. Um, all right, rookie of the year. I'm going with Jalen Suggs. Maybe this is, is uh, I want some love for, for the team here in Orlando. I just think he's going to have a ton of opportunity. Rookie mm. of the year is often about stats yes. more than anything mm -hmm. else. Um, and I think he, I think he compared to all the other rookies, he's got more of a clear runway to put up a bunch of counting stats, a bunch of points, assists, rebounds, his defensive numbers, I think will be there too. Cade Cunningham has to share the limelight some in Detroit because they've got Jeremy Grant. They've got some other guys uh, in Houston. Jalen Green's probably going to do some stuff, but they've got Kevin Porter Jr. and, yeah. and Christian Wood and guys who are going to get numbers. So I think Jalen Green just comes out, get numbers right away. And I, and I think that's why he's, he's going to win. Jalen Green or Jalen Suggs? You have Suggs, right? Uh, Jalen okay. Suggs, sorry. 
Yeah, I meant Suggs. Yeah, the, man, I, that's I knew what you meant. For the I knew what you meant. I've actually got decade and a half. I've got the other Jalen. <laughs> I've got Jalen Green, right. and I'm going to say it's because of what we've been talking about, right? The Orlando Magic. We're projecting them to be the bottom of the Eastern Conference. I don't think they're going to get enough eyeballs. Where I think there's enough happening in Houston. There's going to be enough highlight reel plays. There's going to be enough games where they're close in it because they've got. Those guys, like you mentioned, Kevin Porter Jr., Kenyon Martin Jr., you've got uh, Christian Wood, right? You've got enough guys to where they'll be in some close games. And I think the eyeballs falling on Jalen Green will matter in the voters' minds because I think he's going to put up numbers as well. And he's going to have a chance to do that from day one. So interesting that neither of us went with the number one overall pick, Cade Cunningham. Maybe we're just trying to be contrarians enough. I mean, is that is that just too obvious of a pick to go Cade Cunningham? <laughs> Oh, <laughs> uh, I'm getting a surprise, a surprise. visitor here. Sorry. Um, no, I, I think it just, I think the Cade Cunningham situation becomes a, he's, he's, uh, he's, he's very good. And I think he's going to be very good for me. It's just, I don't think he's, he, there's too many other guys there in Detroit for him to, yeah. to step it up that way. So I think that's, that's right. where it become, becomes kind of the issue. Okay. Uh, one, one, one thing yeah. it's, it's weird to call him a dark horse cause he was the fourth pick. Oh, but if Scotty Toronto Barnes. ends up being good, like we both yep. think they could, I think Scotty Barnes will be in the mix. Cause he's going to be, if that team's good, he's going to be a big, big reason yep. why. Um, Very versatile. I'll just, we don't have to get super deep into the conversation, but because of, of that ability to be really good, I think OG Ananobi is going to win most improved. Oh, good. I think OG Ananobi is going to, going to knock on the door being an all-star this year, especially with Pascal Siakam out to start the year and those kind of things. I think he's going to be excellent this season. Um, I've actually got, I've got your guy. I've got Jordan Poole. I think what we saw from him and uh, what we saw from him in preseason so far says it's for real. Um, and I think that what we've got in yeah. terms of the Warriors, if they are finding themselves up in that next tier, like I said, I think he's a ceiling raiser. If the Warriors are up in that next tier, a lot of that's going to be credit. Of course, Steph will get plenty of credit, but he will be the guy that helps bump them sure. up. And so that's why I've got him as, as most improved. Yeah, I would pick Jordan Poole to maybe win sixth man too. I'm just afraid he's going to start too that's many games. That's why I don't have him as end up man. actually being eligible. Yep. Yeah, so let's go to sixth man of the year. Call it a homer pick, but I'm going to pick Dennis Schroeder. I think he's Lakers fans well will love in Boston for that pick. <laughs> I'm sure. But I just I think he's in the role he should play. I don't think Dennis Schroeder should be a starting point guard in the NBA. I think he should be a day six man, anchor second unit, give him the ball, let him do his thing as a scorer, run a bunch of stuff. And I don't think he should be on the floor at any games at the end of any games ever. Um, I, I just think, you know, it's in the regular season. I think he's a guy who can just pile up stats. And I think he's motivated uh, with the Celtics to prove, hey, I'm not you know, a $5 million a year player like I am right now. I, I you know, should should uh, pile up stats and, and win this award. Now, I mean, he came in second in six man of the year season before last. And so I think yep. that's a that's a good pick as much as as much as people like to make fun of Dennis Schroeder. The reality is that if he's your backup point guard, you're in pretty good shape, right? Like he is a good a good yeah. backup. He can come in, he can do some things. The big question mark for him is the three point percentage. What's that going to look like? Is it going to look like his OKC season when he was what 38% from deep, or is it going to be yeah, 32, range, 33%? Probably. So that's a big question yep. with Schroeder. I went with Buddy Heald. I think that that historically you got to go all the way, you have to go 10 years back to find a six man of the year that came in that was not a score first guy that didn't put points on the board, right? You got to go all the way back to Lamar Odom 10 years ago to find a six man yep. of the year who's who was not 
their main contribution was not scoring, right? So I think going with a scorer makes a lot of sense. And for me, Buddy Heald coming off the bench, I'm expecting Sacramento to be better this season. I think he's going to put up points. He's going to shoot a ton of threes. Tyrese Halliburton's going to be in front of him in that rotation. But I think talent-wise, he's starter quality. And given the fact that he can get buckets, I think that combination for me gets him six-man. I like it. Yeah, I, I think that uh, that's a really solid one. Uh, my outside, uh, maybe not super outside, Tyler Hero, yes. I think has a real Great chance pick. to win it for Miami because I think he's going to have a really good year. I think he's big bounce back year uh, coming for him. Defensive player of the year, I'll keep this one very simple. I went with Rudy Gobert. Yep. Until anybody does what he does in the regular season better than he does it, it's it's just going to be him. Giannis could maybe do it. AD could maybe do it. I just think those guys, I don't I don't see either one of them killing themselves defensively night to night in the regular season. They, they know I got to save something for the postseason. Defensively, this is going to be my one homer pick. I'm going Anthony Davis. I thought he was tremendous two seasons ago when he was healthy. He was second, yep. came in second behind Giannis. And this season, the Lakers defense is going to ask him to do probably even more because they don't have that many defense first guys. That is true. He's going to have to fly all over the place on the defensive end. And if the Lakers can somehow pull off a, say, top 10 ranked defense with a the group they've got right Right now, I think that will be a feather in the cap of Anthony Davis as well as Frank Vogel. So I'm going Anthony Davis as my defensive player of the year. I think that that that's solid reasoning. I think he'll be yeah. right there uh, with that. And then um, last one we'll finish with is coach yes. of the year. Uh, again, I'm going to go with me. It's probably a homer pick, but a lot of times this is a new coach mm-hmm. and a coach that improves the team. And I'm going to go with Ime Udoka just because I think the Celtics are going to be that much better. And I think a lot of that is going to fall to, well, you know, Jalen Brown's still there. Jason Tatum's still there. They've still got Marcus Smart and the veterans are okay. And I think it's just going to come down to how is this team that much better? And I think people are going to look for, oh yeah, Ime, you know, had a big, big hand in that. And I think that's what they're going to gonna go with kind of as the, the story there. So I want to pick him, but I, I'll say it was hard to not pick Quinn Snyder. Mm-hmm. Um, just because, again, I think that team's gonna gonna continue to pile up regular season wins. I think the Coach of the Year award is not really the Coach of the Year award. It's the team that exceeds expectations award, right? That's yes, that's hundred. That's really what this is. And so, because of that, I'm going with Ty Lu. I'm looking at a team that everybody okay. is counting out, that everybody's saying is not going to be very good. And if they are good, let's say the Clippers finish five in the West, something like that, right? They're able to sustain themselves without Kawhi. And everybody's been saying, maybe this isn't even a playoff team this season, or they're going to be in the play-in tournament. Look, it's not in my nature to speak well of the Clippers, right? That's that's not me. But <laughs> you look at the narrative around them right now. You've got a lot of people counting them out. And if they perform above expectations, which could happen because those expectations are so low, people will look at Ty Lue as a reason why. And so I've got him as coach of the year this year because I think narrative wise, they fit that type of team that could come in and exceed expectations and therefore get the attention that uh, that a coach of the year would get. Yeah, I, I, that's a good one. And they, the only other guy who's floating around in my mind, Mike Malone. If the Nuggets, yes, let's say they Same really, let's situation. say they break into the top yep. two, yeah, I, I think yo know, if they are really rolling and they hit everything right and they're top two in the West, I think he's going to get a lot of love uh, too there. So we're not going to go through all NBA yeah. teams and all rookie teams and defense teams. It's just too much. Uh, we've already you know run a long show at you guys here uh, with this, but yeah. So there's our predictions. Bookmark it. Save them. Yell at us later. <laughs> save the receipts. How stupid we were. <laughs> 
you know, when you see it, yeah, you can tell us, uh, you know, now, then you can tell us at the end of the season and all those kind of things. And we'll, we'll try to revisit these sure. and come back to them. I know I have mine all completely written down and we'll come back and be like, boy, I was really off on that team or that's, that player. Or that's whatever. the thing, right? Like we know whatever we, the, the, the stuff we went over just now, we're wrong. We're going to be wrong. Like no, there's yeah. not, it's not like we can say everything is going to be a hundred percent right. So no matter what, three months from now, somebody can come back at us and say, well, I can't believe you ranked this team here when really they're here. And that's the nature of sports. If we were a hundred percent right on this, we'd be extremely rich, right? Because, because <laughs> yeah. we'd be able to bet all of these things. But, um, but I think we made some good educated guesses here in terms of, of plotting out what could happen in the NBA season. And the fact that we are going to be wrong, the fact that some of these things are not going to be correct, that's why we watch. That's why this is exciting. So we'll see the way it all plays out. Yeah, absolutely. This is this first month of the season, just partially because it's back, but it is one of the more fun times because now you see everything come mm. together. Of, all right, this is what they thought they'd be. You know, what does it look like? And you get to really understand and but, you know, wow, I didn't know so-and-so could do that and those right. kind of things. So, yeah, I can't I can't wait. Tomorrow night, you know, I'll obviously be glued to the TV for the two games, um, you know, that are on. And then then we get kind of the full slate on Wednesday. You know, it, it's going it, to – it's awesome. This is, you know, the NBA season is back. That's it's right. uh, 82 games again, full arenas again. It's like all the stuff that, that we, we've been looking for. So I, I cannot wait for it to all get started. 100%. Let's go. The NBA season is finally here um and keith i guess we can talk a little bit about our morning wrap-up show that we're we're yeah. still figuring out the the title for it and all that i like the one that you sent me this morning <laughs> but uh but after each well let's throw let's throw it okay. out there I, that's a great what idea do you guys think yeah what do you guys think comment in the comments here you can hit us up on twitter or whatever if you want we're thinking about calling our morning wrap-up show the skip pass with the idea of if you had to skip league pass, we're here to get you all caught up on what you might have missed the night before. The other just stupid idea that I kind of think is funny is NBA TK for Trevor and Keith, just because I think that's kind of funny. But Or if you guys have a really great name that's not already out there, like don't tell us the jump <laughs> or uh, you know NBA today because right. those are obviously taken and used. But uh, yeah, so just let, let us know what you think. Skip pass or something it else. We're open to and I like that Skip Pass is also in action on the basketball court. It's kind of, you know, exactly, it's like, yeah. like Zach Lowe has the low post. And you've got some of these other yeah. ones that, that are around there. So it kind of kind of fits in with the theme there. So uh, I do like that. And let's be clear. We're not changing the no, name of the no, show no, no. or the channel or anything like that. It's just this is the, uh, what, sub name of the this show is, or something This is just like bonus yeah. content. This, right. Yeah. Bonus content, because you're still going to get these shows that are focused on transactions and news and all those things. This is literally going to be Trevor and I kind of whipping through the games pretty quick. The idea is to keep them short. Mm -hmm. Now, every time we say that, we, we woefully <laughs> fail, um, but we are going to really try to keep these under 20 minutes so that we can get you caught up on what happened uh, the prior night in, in the league and just kind of whip through the games. Some things that caught our eyes in the games that we watched, some things that maybe jumped out of the box scores. If we didn't get to watch a lot of the game and then kind of surprising things and things like that, that we see just to kind of keep you caught up. But we'll, we'll be running those shows. Uh, we're going to try to record them in the morning uh, on the East coast yep. time so that they can be up and, in, uh, in a fairly timely manner. It won't be super duper early because we're both dads and we had dad duty right. to do first thing in the morning. But then uh, after that, we'll, we'll get into, the, to, into that show. But something new and something yeah. fun. 
kind of coming for you here uh, on a very uh it pro- probably won't be fully daily because we'll probably take the weekends yes. off yeah. um but we'll but if something nuts happens like uh you know incredible game on a saturday night we'll yeah we'll make time to talk about it at some yep. point so and we did get really good feedback the last time we did this for preseason so we're going to incorporate this and make this yeah. a regular part of this channel so you guys will be able to check that out so if you miss any games or anything you can hear us come talk about them each day but let us know your thoughts on that in the comments down below. Don't forget to subscribe right here to the NBA Front Office YouTube channel. Turn on those notifications as well. Till next time, everybody. See ya and stay safe.